Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. Oh man, well Merry Christmas everybody. Can you give the band one more hand? That was amazing. So good. Oh man, I just got to look at you for a minute. Can you believe that we get to be in this room together? We're finally home. I just can't believe it. And after four, four services, four gatherings over the last uh, 24 hours or so, I'm just telling you, I have felt all the feels. Uh, I've been excited and I've been laughing and emotional and there's just something about being home for Christmas. And so we just want to welcome all of you. If you're online, we just want to welcome you as part of our family as well. And uh, if you're new to ACF, you don't know what we're about or why we exist, uh, we exist to amplify the grace of Jesus to the churched, the unchurched, and the dechurched. And so no matter where you're at with God or with the church, uh, we want you to know that you don't have to believe to belong at ACF. Uh, we're all on a journey. And so wherever you're at on your journey with Jesus, we're just glad that you're in this space with us and hope that you'd continue uh, to join us even into this next year. And so here's the deal. They gave me 20 minutes, okay? So uh, amen. Amen, Britt says. But listen, I've got lots to say, and I'm not going to be able to say it all, but I'm just going gonna, gonna to lay my cards out before you right now. I've been, I've been praying uh, for you. I've been praying about what I'm going to say here uh, this evening, and I felt like God said, uh, just share the gospel, and so um, I'm going to share some good news with you, okay? So I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to lay out what the good news is and why we celebrate Christmas, why this is actually a really, really big deal. And so I felt like God said um, to me that he's done some work in your life over the course of this year, that, that there's probably at least one, if not many of you in this room, where your whole life, all that you've gone through, all that you've experienced has brought you to this moment right here where you have a decision to make. And so I want to give you a chance to make that decision as we move forward here tonight. Our theme is Come Home for Christmas, which is a beautiful thing. I love the idea of coming home for Christmas. And so uh, we have this, this really eclectic crowd at ACF, people from all different backgrounds and from all over the country. And so um, where is home for you? It may not be Alaska, maybe across the world somewhere, but just kind of shout it out. Where is home? Throw out some states. California? California? Georgia? Michigan, Arizona, Maryland. Wow, we have people from all over the United States. And that's, that's really typical for us, I'll tell you. So for me, I go back to Maine for Christmas. That's uh, when I was a kid growing up, we'd go back to the family farm. And, and there's just something about being home for Christmas. You know that feeling, don't you? The feeling of being home for Christmas. Like, what is that feeling? Well, I'd describe it this way. Home is where everything is right with the world. Don't you love that feeling? Where everything is just sort of right with the world. And I love that idea that everything would be just, just right. Um, but can we just be honest in church here tonight that the world isn't quite right in 2020, right? It has been a hard year. There's been a lot of difficulty in 2020. I would venture to say 
that for all of us here and, and those of you who are online, some relationships have been broken in 2020. Between the political season and COVID-19 and, and murder hornets, I don't know how that would break a relationship, but <laughs> things, things just went bad this year. It was a really, really difficult year. And so what happens when home is where everything is wrong with the world? The idea of being home for Christmas, that, 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 that notion can be something that can be celebrated and joy-filled, or it can be kind of something that triggers us, right? Depending on who's coming home. Because there are relationships that have issues and that are broken right now. And as you look at your life, I bet you can think of one person, maybe many people, where um, it's just not right right now. And, and you're not really looking forward to Christmas dinner where you got to put on the fake plastic Christmas smile and, and maybe you're going to see them in the supermarket later this week. And you just, you don't want to be around that person because there's something wrong. There's something broken in the relationship. Now, how does this happen? How do the relationships get so broken. Well, I think it's simple. Words were careless. Wounds were inflicted. And then ultimately walls were built. We said things that, man, we shouldn't have said it or they shouldn't have said it. And then because of what they said or did or even didn't do, there were some wounds that were inflicted. And then because of that, there was a wall that was built between you and them. I bet you can think of one person, maybe multiple people where that is the tension. There's something wrong. And what happens is when we commit an offense, when we do something wrong to somebody, what we do is we incur a debt to them. We incur an actual debt. It's like, it's like we owe them something. And so here's what happens is that when we see people, we see what they owe us, right? We can't see them for who they are because there's this debt that is between us and them. Now, welcome to Christmas, the, the season where we love to celebrate our debt, right? This is what we do in America, especially um, my wife asked me, hey, honey, did you buy the Christmas presents this year? And I said, well, I acquired them, but we're going to buy them in January, right? When the bill shows up, you know they're keeping track, right? You know, when you're scanning that card, they are keeping track. We are a nation that loves to celebrate our debt. Um, I don't know, is there anybody in the room that would be willing to admit that you used to put stuff on layaway? Anybody remember layaway? A few of you? In the, if you're under the age of 20, just Google layaway and you'll find out that they actually used to make you pay for things before you took them home. It's crazy. And you put it on layaway and you make payments and finally you'd be able to bring them home. But we celebrate debt, which is why I like uh, these commercials. Have you seen commercials like this? Oh, it's so exciting. He bought her a car for Christmas. How many of you married people know this is terrible advice, right? Right? Like, yay, honey, you got us in 10 years worth of debt and didn't even talk to me about it, right? It's a recipe for a divorce. If you're thinking about getting married someday, don't do this. This is bad. This is a bad idea. But listen, we love to celebrate debt. Now, what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, the Christmas story begins with a world in unreconcilable debt to God. I don't know if you know this, but um, originally there was a beautiful relationship between God and humanity. And we see that in Genesis, God walking in the garden with Adam and with Eve. And then when sin entered the world and that relationship was, was fractured, there was a debt that was in, incurred that, that couldn't be paid off. And the Christmas story is about a world that is in debt to God. And essentially, God creates and, and keeps track of all of these things because he's God. He sees what we've done. And, and so um, maybe you know what a debt ledger is. 
A debt ledger is that list, that bill that's going to come in January of all the times you scan the card. And if you're anything like me, from a spiritual perspective, I have a debt ledger with God that's a mile long. And it just keeps getting longer, right? Every time I take a breath, it seems like I add something to my debt ledger. And, and this is bad, and it's like, man, I think many of us would acknowledge in 2020 that things didn't go right in some ways, and we made decisions that weren't the best decisions in, in many ways. And, 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 and what people in our society tend to think is, in general, that we are good people, right? And I think 2020 showed us that that's probably not the case, right? Leave people to their own devices, it does not go well, right? It, it, goes, it, go, it gets worse, And so the Bible teaches the exact opposite. It teaches us that because of sin, we are not naturally good people. And so what that means is we are actually spiritually bankrupt. We're not just in a little bit of debt because of the things that have gone wrong in our lives. If that was the case, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. You could dig yourself out. Just take care of it yourself. But instead, we are spiritually bankrupt. Now, I don't know if anybody here has ever had to file for bankruptcy, Not a great thing, not something that we would want to do, but essentially when you file for bankruptcy, what you do is you commit to admit that you can't pay your debts. It's a commitment to admit that you can't pay for all that you owe. And I just want you to know here tonight that 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 realization between you and God is the beginning of your salvation. Like that's where it begins is you committing to admit that you cannot pay your debts. Now, this is not normally where people begin. Um, normally what we do is when we realize we are in debt to God, and, and, and most people, even if you're not a believer in Jesus, you might say, yeah, man, I don't know, like if there is a God, he's probably not super happy with me right now. He's, he probably knows what I've done and thought and said, and, and, and we've probably got some work to do. And so what people tend to do is they get religious first. You know what I'm talking about? Nobody? Okay, cool. So over here, maybe you guys know what I'm talking about. So you get religious, I've done this, where you just hope that your good deeds will outdo your bad deeds, right? Will outweigh your bad deeds. If I do enough good and I modify my behavior enough, then maybe I can dig myself out of this incredible debt between me and God. And here's what I equate it to. It'd be like me thinking, okay, I have this mortgage on my house to pay off. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open a lemonade stand. That's what it's like when people get religious. It's just not going to happen. Because as much as you try to fix yourself and do better and go to self-help rallies and, and, and read a book about how you can just better yourself on your own, no matter what you do, your ledger keeps getting longer. You cannot keep up with it. And so the moment that you realize that, the moment that you realize you are in debt up to your eyeballs with God, that you, that you can't pay it off, is the moment that you are ready to receive his grace. And what we know is that when there are issues between us and people, that the only way to reconcile those offenses is through one thing, forgiveness. Through forgiveness. That's how we reconcile our debts between us and others. Romans 5 says this. It says, you see, and now when I read the yellow words, because we haven't been in church in a while, would you say them with me? Let's do this together. You see... At just the right time, that's good news, God always shows up at just the right time. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. 
But God, say it with me, demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, before we ever acknowledged that we were spiritually bankrupt before a holy God, Christ gave his life for us. Forgiveness. Anybody need some forgiveness tonight? Anybody need to give some forgiveness? I bet you can think of somebody in your life right now that you should give some forgiveness to. Um, I love what H.W. Beecher says. He says, every man or woman should have a fair-sized cemetery in which to bury the faults of his friends. Some of you need to enlarge the size of your cemeteries in 2020, right? There's been a lot of faults. There's been a lot of issues, a lot of problems between us and others. But this isn't as easy as it may be uh, sounding in this moment. It's hard to forgive, isn't it? As we search our hearts, it's really difficult to forgive. I love what Tim Keller says. He says, God's grace and forgiveness, while free to the recipient, are always costly for the giver. Isn't that true? Like, it's free to receive grace, but there is always a cost. And you know this, right, intuitively, because anybody that you've ever tried to forgive, it's been like there, there's like a death in you, in you to let them go, right? It's like something has to die inside of you to forgive them. And that's how sin works. In fact, the Bible says this. Many of you know this, this verse. The wages of sin is death, right? There's a cost incurred to pay off your debt, we have this God that shows up to the world at the darkest moment in human history and says, I want to pay your debt. I want to care for you. I want to die for you. And the scripture says Christ died for the ungodly. Who's the ungodly? We have Merry Christmas, right? I love this church. Went to church on Christmas. The pastor told me I'm ungodly. But you are, and I am, right? That's, that's the reality. You can't celebrate Christmas until you realize that you are the ungodly but God arrived in the form of Jesus to love you, to show you that he's not here to, to rub your face in every mistake you've ever made, right? I mean, he, he's not here to put your sin on layaway and watch you fail to pay it off. He's not here to take his pound of flesh, but to have his flesh pierced for every sin, because no matter how great your debt is, his grace is always greater. Can I get an amen for that? That's what we celebrate every Christmas. Thank you for the golf clap on that. But seriously, right? I mean, is, it, is this real or isn't it? it? And I don't know where you're at with God, but if there's a chance that this is real, wouldn't you want to take part in it? Like, if there's a chance that you could be absolved before holy God and that he actually wants to know you, wouldn't you want a part of that? Man, I know I definitely would. And, and this is a beautiful thing, forgiveness. And I would say most people, most churchgoers in the room, if you're like, it's Christmas Eve, I go to church on Christmas. I don't know why you do this, but you might go to this Christmas church, church on Christmas Eve. And this is your thing. You would probably understand forgiveness, but there's another part of the equation that you may not understand. And um, we sing about it in, in a Christmas song that, um, let's just sing this together. Hark the Herald, okay? Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconcile. Reconciliation. It's different than forgiveness. God and sinners are reconciled. How cool is that? You see, forgiveness is about the sin. It's about 
the debt. It's about the offense. Reconciliation is about the relationship. And Christmas is about Emmanuel, which means God with us. The God that's with us. The God that shows up. Don't you want a God that shows up? Man, our God shows up, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas. Reconciliation is simply restoration to favor. That's what it means. Now, again, think of this. What if you could leave church tonight and get in your car and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you had the favor of God on your life? I mean, don't you want that? I just promise you that that's available to you if you would be willing to receive it. Romans 5, 10 says this, if when we were at our worst, anybody been at your worst in 2020? Can we be real about this? Um, I had lots of ideas and dreams and aspirations this year. You know, it's like, I, I, maybe, maybe you had these kind of dreams and aspirations. 2020, man, you were going to get some things done, right? You were going to finish your master's and, you know, remodel the basement and write a book and you barely made it through the second season of The Office and gave up on everything, right? I mean, we had big dreams. I just feel like we were at our worst in so many ways and yet, do you have any friends that they love you when you're at your worst? That's who God is, at our worst If when we were at our worst, we were put on, say this with me, friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, now that we are at our best, this is the promise. So when you receive the grace of Jesus, he actually imputes his righteousness upon you and so that all that you get from God is not predicated on what you can do, but on what he's already done. That's the gospel, right? So when we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. There's hope in Jesus. And I promise you, anybody telling you right now that there's hope in anything else is selling you something. Because, can I be real with you? The vaccine will not save you. A a booming economy will not save you. The right president will not save you save you. What we celebrate at Christmas is that we are in unreconcilable debt, completely hopeless as humanity, and God arrives to save us in the form of Jesus. And so we have to know that to be true. And I don't know about you, but um, 2020 has been revealing, hasn't it? It's almost been exposing. Isn't it scary to just be exposed for who we are? I think that's what 2020 has done. It's exposed our hearts And it hasn't always been beautiful. And here's what I think. I think that we all had just about enough energy to grab onto whatever mattered most to us and hold on for dear life in 2020. Like just enough energy to grab onto whatever matters most to us. And I want to ask you, be honest. Whether you think you're a Christian or you're not a Christian or go to church, you don't go to church. Was God what you held onto the tightest? And if you're like, honestly, Brian, my faith has been dead in 2020. Just want you to know you you and I we grabbed on to what mattered most to us. And this next year is an invitation. I think God is preparing the world for a revival. For for fresh life for people to go, man, I thought I was in the family and I wasn't because here's the deal. I wanted his forgiveness, but I didn't want his friendship. 
And I just want to tell you this. If you want God's forgiveness, right? You want the benefit of forgiveness so that you just don't have to feel shame anymore, but you don't want his friendship, you are not a Christian. And the Bible says these scary things, like there will be this day where, where God returns to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, and all these people are going to scream, Lord, Lord, and God's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Not depart from me, for you never went to church, or never put a little bit of money in the offering plate, or you know, never did some good things. Depart from me because we just didn't actually have a relationship. You didn't, you didn't get to know me. And the invitation at Christmas, the invitation for all of us here today is that God wants to know you and he wants to love you. And at your worst, he arrives and says, I would die for you. And so where are you at with that today? I uh, shared on Facebook a few weeks ago that um, 48% of people uh, have stepped away from the church in 2020, 48%. And uh, my friend Jamie, she wrote this back to me. She said, I'm part of the 48%. I took a different route home the other day and was about to pass ACF. It was snowing and volunteers were outside with their drive-through signs. I had no intention of going, but thought, what the heck? It was heartwarming to see them out there trying to reach the community. So I drive up to the entrance, turned my radio to the station the volunteer told me to, and started to drive through. I immediately began to cry. I realized God had me drive through to tell me he missed me and wanted me to come home. Home for Christmas is what I need. My spirit aches to get back. And this is the beautiful thing, that God comes to earth. The Bible literally says that he actually moves into the neighborhood, takes on flesh, the flesh of a human, so that he might be with you and so he might welcome you home. And so that's the invitation today. And If you want to make that decision and and receive his grace today, all you have to do is ask for it. It's it's, it's almost scary how simple it is. And so I'd love for you to consider doing that today. If God has has prepared you for that today, uh, there was a little card in your seat. Um, It just looks like this. It says, I'm saying yes to Jesus. I want you to fill that out for us and and let us know. We're we're not going to spam you. We're just going to send you some information. We've had people... For the past four services, give their lives to Jesus. And so that's something to celebrate. Yeah, amen. It's good. And so if you're like, that's me, Brian, this is, this, your message was for me today, and you're ready to do that, just fill out this little card. You can drop it in one of the baskets at the doors on the way out. Or you can text us uh, to the number on the screen. Um, but if that's you, I just want to give you a chance to pray to receive Jesus into your life. Would you bow your heads with me? Just pray, pray this prayer with me. God, I acknowledge today that I am in unreconcilable debt before you. And as much as I try to fix my life and to change my behavior, I can't change the status of my soul. I am a shipwreck without you. So God, I want to trade in my own sin for your righteousness today. And God, I don't deserve it and I'm not even sure how you do it, but I just ask that you would make me clean. That I could walk out of these doors today knowing that I stand in the favor of the creator of the universe. God, I'm not going to do it right every day. I I know that. I'm going to need your grace. I'm going to need your help. So I ask for your help. But I'm going to stand firm in the foundation that, 
God, you didn't die just for, for the world. You died for me. God, so I want a relationship with you today and receive it in your name. Amen. Amen. If you made that decision, I just want you to know you will never, ever be the same. And so we, uh, we have a tradition here at ACF of just lighting some candles um, because we like fire and that's fun. But we also want to celebrate that uh, Jesus is the light of the world, stepping down into the darkness of humanity and illuminating, clarifying, and bring hope to the hopeless. And so that's what Jesus does. And consider that reality for yourself as you light the candle and sing with us here for the next few moments. I love you guys. Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, We hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with Him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.